You're listening to the Hardcore Honeys Podcast, starring your hosts, the snarky, the sassy, and the pretty Jade Auxiliary Things Johnson, the all-knowing, the all-wise Shay Vassar, and the man in the middle, Mr. TJ. And here's the show. Hey, Hardcore Honeys fans, new and old. More playoff ball going on, so that only means more NBA to get to. So to start off, just like last week, us talking to Shay about her OKC. Jade, how you doing with your Raptors? Uh, super disappointed, um, but that wasn't my team and they didn't deserve to win. So I can only feel so bad about it. But yeah, I'm bummed. I'm bummed out for sure. I mean, they put up a fight. It went to game yeah. seven. It wasn't the team that... I expected to see in the playoffs. I said this during the series. It felt like that series in the in the Eastern Conference Finals against Cleveland a bunch of years back, where between one game and the next, they were completely unrecognizable as the team that I spent the season watching. And everybody struggled all at the same time at the beginning of the series. And I think that was just going to be too much to get over. Except Ibaka. Except Ibaka. Ibaka showed up. He needs to get paid. And, well, Shay, how's it been being a NBA free agent fan? So, it's been nice. And I actually, again, being stuck in my apartment, uh, my boyfriend at the beginning of quarantine bought a PS4. And I didn't play any of the games because I, like, didn't care about zombies or, like, westerns or whatever he was playing. (laughs) But then I was like, I'm going to buy... 2k20 after 21 comes out because you know it's cheaper and i did and it got delivered and literally the other night i stayed up to like 2 a.m after the game like playing myself and now every time like i see him i'm like can we play 2k can we play 2k so that's kind of been where i've been at where i'm like you know playing different teams so like yeah that's what it's like to be a free agent right now is just playing virtual basketball are you playing my player? Are you playing the my team mode? Are you just playing pickup games? Like Just pickup games. I tried the my player, but I'm really not good at it yet. So, like, my player was getting, like, a D rating. And I was like, oh, I can't start him out like this. So I've spent way too much money on getting extra little currency to make my players better. So don't tell me that I'm not getting 2k21 since I put so much effort in 2020 2k20 and I don't want to spend another 70 bucks on a game where I'm also going to put another buttload of money. In. Yep. But I did play the Raptors today. Then too, we can play threes. <laughs> Hardcore <laughs> honeys running <laughs> the park. Hey, belly up has a Twitch channel. We're a Twitch affiliate. There oh, really? There we go. We can record a pot, record an episode while we're playing of us playing. I, I have an Xbox other... freaking 360, so I don't know how that's gonna work. Still, good <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna say, I don't know either. Good system. But anywho, going away from stuff that we vaguely understand in video games. I don't um, understand so, it at all. Yeah. 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 I I have my systems. I have my set games, but. I don't know. I don't go out besides that. Anywho, so this week's episode is the previews of the Eastern Conference Finals that's coming up, 
and then we'll discuss kind of the matchups for the Western Conference that's going to be for the finals, and we'll get into some of the teams that had some unexpected exits, sorry Jade, and what they can combat these issues that they've had this summer if they need to, and then we'll just discuss how all three of us are NBA free agent fans now and what we're going to do with it. First things first, matchup of on the Eastern Conference Finals of Boston and Miami. Shay, first first overall, did you understand? Did you see of these two teams being the Eastern Conference Finals? No, I mean I think I had the Heat down, but I did not see the Celtics at all. I just I I don't know. Maybe it's just because like they had their heyday back in the other decades. Like leave it for the leave it for the new guys. That's just how I feel about that. So I don't know. It's fine, I guess. It'll be a decent series, I think, but I just didn't expect it. So, who would you have as the X factor then for that Miami? Boston's got a lot of players that can just switch around, so Miami can't do what they did last round. I'm. Uh, it's between Hero and Butler for me. I I had Hero as my X factor for round one, and I think you know he he took the challenge that I gave him and uh, ran with it. But Butler has been just, like, looking really smart on the court. So I'm just going to go ahead and go with Butler because I think it's a little bit safer. He's a little bit more experienced. He's the leader on the team. Yeah, Butler. He's my ex. Butler's the X factor. Okay, yeah. I'm going to swing this over to you then, Jade. Uh, who is going to win of this matchup, you think, going out of the Eastern Conference? It's got to be Miami. You got Miami too? Butler's in a position where... I think he's probably looking at his best chance in his career for a ring. It's right now. And I don't think you can underestimate that fire, that drive. Like, he's locked in. And the team clicks well around him, obviously, because nobody was talking about Miami at the beginning of the season being in a conference final. So things are working. And I think he's that he's that it factor. He's he's their Kyle Lowry. Okay, so that being the leader of the team is pretty much that being the X factor of it this series. I will say with that though, it's gonna be important for, for their starting rookies to not get shook. Ooh. Because I'm scared is, with Duncan Robinson. This is big moments. It's moments they've never been through before. That's, but that's also true of Boston's up-and-coming stars, but they do have more experience overall in the NBA. So that, to me, is kind of an X factor for both teams in the series. Is It's a bigger stage than the round that they were just in, right? Every advancing round is a bigger stage. It's more pressure. It's It, it means more. And I think the rookies on Miami who are starting, who have had a phenomenal season, like no question. They have to be able to handle each up. The ante gets upped with every round, and they have to be able to handle that as well as they've handled the rest of the season. So rookies stepping up, that is a huge issue. I shouldn't say issue. Huge thing that both teams are going to be looking into. So I'm going to swing it over to you, Shay. If you were the Heat, who were you hoping for going into the Eastern Conference Finals, Boston or Toronto? Ooh, I don't know. I 
I think the Heat have it good with with the Celtics. I mean, they might be a little bit more uh, they might be a little bit more consistent than Toronto, but Toronto I think would play off of the Heat's emotion more, which the Celtics will not. Because the Heat are a pretty, you know, like they're a little scrappy. And I think that would almost get the Raptors going too much. And the Celtics aren't going to play off of that. They're just not. They're, I kind of find them boring, to be honest. That's just me. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, we're going to see. I, but I think Toronto Heat would have been a better, more interesting match, at least. I want Miami to win, but I prefer majority of the Boston players. Like Jalen Brown is one of my favorite players in the league right now. He's awesome. Uh, but uh, Jade, if you were the Miami Heat, would you want your Toronto Raptors or would you want that Boston team? Boss, I would have wanted Boston. So this you is don't, the ideal you matchup. You don't want to go into a conference final. You got the team that has the experience and the team that doesn't. I'm always going to take the team that doesn't have that experience, especially if you don't have it as a team. That puts you on a, a more equal footing. So with these two teams as the matchup how is it going to hit the viewership for the eastern conference finals shay because milwaukee has Giannis, and the raptors were the champs from last year so that was kind of the expected turnout for it but now with miami and boston not two teams expected is this going to change anything there shay i think definitely i mean not only not only were the Raptors the defending champs, but they also have such a dedicated fan base, both in Canada and the U.S. I mean, thankfully, they have brought in some Canadian viewership, but now that they're out, will that Canadian viewership continue? Because your international team is out. That's like a big deal. And then, like you said, with Giannis being out, he's MVP, defensive player of the year this year. It's kind of a weird thing. I mean, I personally, if I wasn't really super into basketball, if I knew the two teams that were in this conference finals, I wouldn't necessarily turn it on because of that. Because you have defending champs versus the MVP. That's a good game. That's something I would turn on. I don't know. I don't know if non-basketball fans or people that were casually watching it are going to turn it on for these two. I just ask because Miami and Boston are really big market teams and Milwaukee and Toronto are small market teams. So would the different kinds of markets cause any difference? So I'm going to ask the same question to you, Jade, about that being a Raptors fan and them being reigning champs and not advancing. Yeah, I think it's a toss up. When you talk about the Raptors, you have to remember the Raptors are Canada's team. They have a whole country's worth of viewership. And that was huge last year during their playoff run. Like, not only was the ratings high, but the ratings don't cover all the places where our Jurassic Parks popped up across the whole country, where hundreds or thousands of people were together watching on the same screen. Those are those are only counted as one viewer when you're talking about TV ratings, right? They're not, they're not accounting for the fact that there was 300 people watching on that one screen. So that's a big part of it. The Raptors also have a lot of international fans, just just by virtue of the fact that they're not a U.S. team. Right. 
For a lot of international NBA fans, that's enough. You're not in the U.S., you are our team. I get but it. But on the other hand, I think the conversation that Boston and Miami are big market teams, I think there's an argument there, too. Like, Boston hasn't been in the Eastern Conference Finals for a minute, and Boston fans are, well, Boston fans. I'm just going to leave it at that. Read into that what you like. (laughs) So I don't know. I think I I think when you factor in the Raptors having an entire country plus as many international fans as we do, I can't see the ratings getting quite as high. But I don't think they're going to dip maybe as much as people might have thought. Miami, I think, is if there is something that would lack, it would be that Miami, because I feel like the Heat fans are kind of fair weather fans. I might be wrong with that. But I think you're right on that. I just I just see when they were not doing well, like in the early 2000s, they didn't get too much of a viewership until they got Shaq on the team and Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade and stuff like that. Um, but even this season with how well they did, like. Like, in terms of Twitter fan bases, I try to follow people from every fan base, and I've hardly found anybody from Heat Twitter that, like, I would follow because they're invested and they understand basketball. I'm I'm not saying they're not out there, but in terms of how many of those types of people there are for other fan bases, it, it seems like there's a lot more for a number of other teams than there are for Miami. I think also both Florida, including Miami, I mean, the Marlins aren't big, but especially Boston, this is a different time of year for baseball. And because of everything going on with baseball, I mean, Boston is a scary place during baseball season. So they might not, you know, if if there's any kind of like conflicting baseball games going on there, they're not going to watch the Celtics. That's funny that the Celtics, as a storied franchise as they are, they're still like second banana, even borderline third, because with the Patriots too, right? They're like right. the third banana of all their sports too. Yep. So switching over to one of the teams that lost in Milwaukee, they got their golden child with Giannis. He was up and down the entire series, Shay. Does he leave this summer? Does he get treated or No, I I think he'll try to do one more there. I think I think Giannis will stay. I think he won't request a trade. He's too nice. I think the franchise will take advantage of that because they don't want to lose him. And he's gonna have at least one more season. He's got the mentality that Garnett had early on in his career where he wanted to stay and win a title for the Timberwolves. But Ty Lue and Chauncey Billups, who were his best friends in the league, were like, we get it, but you have to leave if you want to win. So those were the two, some of the two people that convinced Garnett to be okay with being traded. And I mean, it was great for him. I was happy because he got a title, but, uh, Jade, do you see Giannis being gone or being traded, or are we going to still see some Giannis of the future with the Bucks? I, I think he's got one more year there, and I think because they've come out and said we're not firing Budenholzer, 
that one more year is going to change his mind and he's going to leave in free agency. I don't think he signs a Supermax with Milwaukee. Uh, I also, like Shay, I don't think he requested trade. I think he's a little bit too loyal for his own good right now. And they're not going to trade him on purpose because if they trade Giannis, they have to rebuild. That's that's it. Once Giannis is gone, Milwaukee's rebuilding. So How would you accidentally trade the MVP, being like, "Oh man, we had a drunk text last night to the <laughs> right. Warriors. Oh my bad." <laughs> so yeah, I think um, I think he's gonna waste one more year in Milwaukee of of his prime years. He he needed to get noticeably better this season over last season, and clearly that didn't happen. So that leads me to question the entire kind of coaching staff and strategy of Milwaukee. Uh, Cause I know, I know he's a, he's a hard worker and he's talented and I don't think he's reached his talent ceiling. So for him not to have taken bigger steps forward, I have to question the advice he's getting that, I mean, by process of elimination, I feel like that's kind of what's left. I have to question the way he's being used on the team I also don't see what other moves Milwaukee could make this season to add pieces around him that's going to make things any different next season, especially if changing the coach is not going to be a thing. Like, my mind is blown that they've said, oh, yeah, we're not planning on, like, how? How? I don't, I don't, I don't get it. And that's one of the things that, to me, is like, Giannis, you need to look harder at this franchise you need you're you're looking at them through rose colored glasses, man. The glasses need to come off, and you need to be able to see what the rest of us are seeing. Like I love that he's loyal. I love that he has that kind of character. But Giannis doesn't deserve to be one of those Reggie Miller, Charles Barkley kind of stories that were these amazing players that never won the ring. I don't want to see that, and I don't see any. I don't see that going any other way if he decides to stay in Milwaukee. I just don't see how it changes. Shay, so I've heard rumors for the Bucks to land Chris Paul if they want to advance next year. And the trade would involve like Eric Bledsoe, um, possibly uh, Wesley Matthews, a couple picks. How would you feel as a Thunder fan getting that trade? Okay, Maybe I'm selfish, but I thought this year we were going to rebuild, and then they didn't, so they're playing with my emotions. So it's like... What a tease. What, it was rude, because I was ready to be like, listen, we got this young, great guy in SGA. He happens to have the same name as me. That's really dope. I was ready for them. <laughs> no, really, that was like the first thing I was like, it's sure reason Shay. why I like him. Not because of his play. We got that name, man. We got, yeah. So we're destined to be best friends. He just doesn't reply to my Instagram messages. Just kidding. I've never sent him one. But I did not expect a lot for the season. So when they did well, I was like, oh, okay. So it's it's weird to get back to that low place again where I'm like, oh, they were going to rebuild. So at this point, I'm like trying not to get any kind of hopes up, expectations, like, I'm expecting them to be as bad as, like, I don't know, Charlotte. Like, that's where I'm at because I cannot have expectations for this team because they're going to just hurt me if I give them any, any like, of my heart. So, are like, we, honestly, they can do whatever they want. It's fine. Are we talking, like, 
Charlotte Bobcats or Charlotte Hornets? Because Charlotte Bobcats were just bad. The Hornets, at least, are, like, annoying, like a Hornet, where, like, some days they're just, they work you like no other, and there's other days where you're able to get the good smack and just squish it. Yeah, no, that kind. That kind. Okay, so that kind of Hornet. That's, like, you know watchable. what, that's respectable. That's yeah. respectable. See, Timberwolves have always been the Bobcats version, so, I mean, you, you step up. So maybe that's too much expectation. I don't know. But, like, you know, I honestly, I just, yeah, at this point, I'm like, you know what? Y'all just do whatever you want. We'll be good in, like, maybe, like, eight years. That's fine. Eight years. Don't count on it. You're a small market in Oklahoma. Don't count on it. I'm going to switch it over from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference, because I think we've got a solid breakdown for the Eastern Conference. I want to give Jade a break so she can compose herself again i'll go with starting with the clips and denver series because denver showed the other night they still have the heart like they had in the utah series but jade is that going is this heart gonna be enough for this denver team i don't think so i don't know what it is about denver and i know i sound like a broken record but i just don't rate denver something about the team just i I'm not impressed. No matter what they do, I'm not. Like, coming back from 16 against the Clippers should be pretty impressive. I, but I'm, I'm still not impressed. And I don't really know why. But I'm not. I did think it was interesting that Michael Porter Jr. publicly said, voiced his frustrations about not being more involved. And I remembered, because we talked about Michael Porter Jr. months ago, on Hardcore Honeys and, you know, how much longer are they going to keep babying him and not giving him minutes? And so I found that very interesting. I also found it a little bit telling because to me, always if a player, something like that slips or they make the decision to say that to the media, I always assume like the idea that you, there's never just one ant. If you see one ant, there's a bunch more ants. So with basketball players, when something like that becomes public, I always assume, okay, there's the first ant. What else is going on in the locker room and within the team that maybe needs to be addressed? Because he's really good. Michael Porter Jr. is really good. And I also don't understand why he's not being utilized more. Like, I don't see any huge liabilities to him being more involved in the game so I'm I'm not really sure if it's you know there have been instances where coaches have had personality things with players and that has been enough and I, I kind of wonder if something like that might be going on um because if if you're if your goal is to get to the next round to me as a coach you use all your tools and I understand why he's frustrated. I do think he's being underutilized, and I have to wonder. I have to wonder why. Speaking of the coaching situation, then, so this game five, I mean, besides it being a winner go home situation, was a very key game for Mike Malone because he's a great regular season coach, but he's really flopped in the playoffs. So was this? Uh, just for his job, kind of a make or break situation, Shay. I think it's gonna it's gonna depend on the rest of this. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, Denver is one of those teams. I think they're all very talented. I don't know if they work well together. I mean, I just don't. I don't know. Like Philadelphia of the Western of the Western Conference. All I wouldn't the players go and pieces there, but doesn't work. They're a little bit more talented and dedicated than that, but I could see it. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely think that there's more drive. I mean, Embiid has no drive, so that's I don't want to compare anyone to Embiid in the NBA unless you're like Carmelo Anthony, like on OKC, where you just didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what Embiid does at this point. But the the good thing about Denver is that they do at least have talent and want. They have that that eagerness. But I just don't think that it, they're all on the same page. And and you see that with with just some of these these weird passes that aren't aren't happening and and it, yeah Michael Porter Jr. not playing enough Jamal Murray playing and getting a ton of shots when he's cold I just it's an interesting thing and I I mean I think that the reason that they've even gotten this much attention during this current series is because the Clippers are also in the same boat where there are a lot of great players. I don't know how well they work together, and that's why it's it's kind of boring to watch these two teams play each other because it's like just a bunch of like boring chaos. If that makes sense. Yeah, boring chaos. That makes total sense. Just yeah, watching a Clippers game, it just feels like you guys are winning just because of talent, not because of the chemistry you have. Because right. when I see the ball going up the court, I mean, I see capable ball handlers and stuff. But there's no, like, actual structure with it. You don't have, as much as I hate saying this, you don't have, like, a Rajon Rondo where he could control the offense and you as a coach, you can just sit back and just know that, oh, this is still going to go right, even though I don't have main people out there. But So, speaking of just other coaches, uh, Jade, of all the coaches in the playoffs right now, who has the most to prove? I think Frank Vogel. That's a good one. For the Lakers, success is is a ring this year. Like I don't think there's I don't think anybody would argue that they had a successful season in terms of what they set out to do in getting AD and trading away half their young talent to get him. If they don't win a championship, I think. Doc Rivers for the Clippers is a close second. And I think any other coach uh, left in the playoffs have already had a successful season. Uh, yeah. Denver could have easily gone out to Utah and and pushed that to seven. Boston, I like when people were asking me yesterday who's going to win, I was like, I can't call this game in advance. I can't. As, as big a Raptors fan as I am, I, I can't call this game either way in advance. Miami's already had a successful season in terms of nobody was even talking about them as a playoff team, much less a a Eastern Conference Finals matchup. So I think uh, because of the whole LeBron effect, having given up so much to get AD and being the Lakers, the Hollywood team, um, it has to be, I think it has to be Frank Vogel when you weigh all the teams that are left and what success looks like for each of those teams in this season. Because I'm also seeing, so Vogel has an amazing staff around him, and they have a bunch of assistant coaches that are a lot of candidates for 
new coaching gigs. So I'm curious to see of how many coaches just for Vogel are going to come back next year to help out. But So now I'm going to switch over to, since speaking of Vogel, we're going to hit that Lakers-Houston series because that game is tonight. So heads up, Hardcourt Honey listeners. We're recording on Saturday before the game, so might the outcome could be different with it. We don't know for sure. We're predicting the future. Shay, who has to step up more, uh, Harden or Westbrook? Oh, Harden. Because, okay, last game, Harden was how many for how many from, like, any of his shots? He was missing everything, everything, everything. And the difference between the two, and yes, I'm completely biased on this, but the difference between the two is when Westbrook's shots aren't falling, he puts in that energy towards defense. When Harden's shots aren't falling, he seems to get frustrated and becomes a little elusive. And we don't need that if you're in like the playoffs, which is always Harden's issue. Harden has a very hard time in the playoffs, and it seems that instead of changing anything and trying to beat out this kind of overwhelmingly horrible performance that he has a record of, he does it again and again and again and again. So definitely Harden, 100% Harden. So then is it more, if they, if Rockets lose the series, is it more on Harden or is it more in Dan Tony's system? Because this is the ideal offense, offensive playbook for Harden. Well, exactly. I mean, think about it. He built the whole, I mean, yes, it's D'Antoni, so like small ball, whatever. The reason he is so dedicated to small ball now is because it's built around Harden. But if Harden is not making shots, what have you built your entire team around? I just, it has me question if, if this was a good choice all along. I mean, and we've talked about that, is small ball can work, but I don't know if D'Antoni's small ball with Harden can. D'Antoni's small ball is, um, I shouldn't say I'm not not a fan of it, but with the players that they have for it, I just don't, I don't think it's that impressive. We're going to swing it over. Same thing with, speaking of Westbrook and Harden, who has more to prove for the rest of the series? I got to say Harden too. Like he was two for 11 from the field in that last game. So based on what your whole strategy is supposed to be, not only did you not put up enough shots, you didn't hit enough of what you put up. Right. And that's your entire game plan is Harden's a volume shooter. So for him to only get up 11 shots, obviously that is coming out of the Lakers game plan of, Anybody else can beat us, which was was always just the Houston has the simplest offense to break, I think, of any team in that was in the playoffs at all. Because you force everybody else to beat you, you take away hardened shots. Like and he still had 21 points, so but clearly he got to the line. Hmm, yeah, he got to the line a bunch of times, which I don't even count that. Right? They're called free throws. Free free being the operative word. So I don't even care that you get points at the free throw line if you're going to go two of 11 from the field. Like, it's not good enough. He, he did have 10 assists too, but I just don't think his game has enough components to make this work. Like, when I look at the Houston Rockets, I see a coaching style that was inherently flawed with the player who fits 
a coaching style that was already inherently flawed. Like, I think Harden's game is inherently flawed in some ways, too. So, yes, they're on the same page, but the page doesn't make any sense. So how much does it matter that they agree when it comes to that? And I I hear this argument a lot of, well, are you going to trust other people on the team to step up? Well, guess what? In the playoffs, other people are going to have to step up. So your whole idea of Harden is our offense is just so easily breakable. It's so easily breakable. I mean, this is supposed to be a finals contender that took seven games to put away OKC, who weren't supposed to be in the playoffs at all. Like, and I, I like that's not meant to be disrespect to OKC at all. I, I like, I love OKC. <laughs> but like, realistically, you guys are saying these guys are finals contenders. Right. You shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have to spend seven games to put away a team who the same people said wouldn't even be in the playoffs this year if you're legit like that. Realistically, did Houston at the beginning of the year actually have a final shot? Or were people just saying, ooh, they're going to be really good just because they added Russell Westbrook, Jade? Yeah, I think it's just somebody literally said this to me on Twitter when I was responding to the Vegas odds of who was who had the best chance of winning uh, the finals this year. And, of course, I approached it from, you've got the Rockets at, at, at a higher chance than the defending champs. Like, just from, just from the standpoint, keeping in mind that we didn't know the Raptors were going to play, like, hot trash for most of the playoffs at the time. But, like, at the time... Is like, how are you going to give a team that's not even getting out of their conference a better chance at winning the finals? Because there's no, even if they get through the Lakers, which I don't think is happening, I don't think they're getting through the Clippers because they're 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 too easy to break. And the Clippers are, I think, are a better defensive team than the Lakers, so it's going to be even harder in the next round should they find a way to get it, to get through. And I just don't see it happening. And so I had commented on somebody's tweet and they said, you're underestimating star power. I'm like, no, everybody overestimates star power. And we talked about this last week, too, and we talked about how the Lakers and the Clippers were supposed to be playing such great basketball because they had these two stars. I don't ever think that's great basketball just by virtue of the fact that you have two stars on your team. Great basketball happens with chemistry, continuity, good coaching, smart coaching. Good like, basketball <laughs> is not just made because you've got LeBron and AD or PG and Kawhi or Harden and Westbrook. Like, that's not the whole recipe for good basketball. You can win with uh, two, you can win with two superstars, but that is not the focal point on why you win. Right. That's the, that's the perk is if you right. have superstars with it. Well, like, and it's still I, a team sport. There's still five guys on the floor at any given time. You've still got another, what, 15-man roster, so you've got another 10 guys to pick from, even though nobody goes that deep in the playoffs. They're, they're there, Taco. right? So the idea that two stars is the thing, and then even if you want, even if I agreed with that, I don't, rate Harden Westbrook as a duo over Kawhi and PG or over LeBron and AD. So even if I wanted, even if I agreed with those people that, oh, star power is the thing. Okay. 
but they're still third out of those three teams in terms of what star power they have available and easily third like Kawhi's got rings and finals MVPs LeBron's got rings Harden has not done any of those things and yet we're supposed to be like oh Houston is on the same level no you don't get to be on the same level till you do it it's just a good story the two of them and I think that's the biggest difference between you know LeBron and AD and Kawhi and PG is Harden and Westbrook grew up together you know, they played basketball when they were young together, against each other, or with each other, but together. And then they were on OKC together. No one really knows why Harden was exactly traded off because they probably should have stayed. You know, so this there's there's a double reunion there. So it's like a heartwarming story that I think sticks with people in such a positive way that people are putting almost too much on them when, like you said, it's they're at least the third pair in the NBA if not you know fourth or fifth well and then you also have to think of like yeah the other players that aren't in the playoffs right now that I mean once once the regular season comes back and everything they're going to be the duo of Harden and Westbrook is going to jump down to like sixth best duo because you gotta think you got Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant and Kyrie's there you also have the Splash Brothers too Depending mm-hmm. on how John Wall comes back, you could arguably put John Wall and Bradley Beal there. Yeah. Bradley Beal has stepped up like no other. But speaking of those two LA teams and those duos, is the Clippers Lakers series, Shay, the series that we all want? Um, it's what the NBA wants. <laughs> it's not what it's we what, want. It's what most of fan bases want, I think, but us collectively as hardcore honeys eh, I don't even I care I don't even know boring. I don't even know if I'm gonna watch like I know I have to watch some of it but like I'm not gonna be tuned in I'm gonna be doing other things because like I'm interested in Boston Miami I think that's gonna be a phenomenal series I think it's gonna be great basketball the kind of basketball I always want to see um I think whoever made it to the Eastern Conference Finals was gonna be the kind of basketball I enjoy watching I don't know that that matchup with the Battle of L.A., like, it's been hyped. And maybe it's it's that effect where too much hype makes it less interesting to me because I'm totally susceptible to that. But I don't think I'm that interested. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm just not excited about it. So, Shay, of the two Western Conference and Eastern Conference which spirit, which series are you going to watch more? The Heat Celtics. Heat Celtics. Cause I would ask you, Jay, but you, you just gave me your answer with that. So <laughs> don't have to worry about that one. We've done a solid job at uh, breaking down all of the Eastern Conference finals, what could potential the Western Conference finals. So, But we're going to segue into the fast break. But before we get into that, Fast Break Today is brought to you by PropMe. PropMe is a social wagering platform catered to the everyday sports fan. It has peer-to-peer betting marketplace for social wagering. It's an all-sports betting platform, including eSports, a company that leads in social wagering innovation. Join PropMe on the Google Play Store or Apple App Store today. Sign up and join the movement. So, first question, Shay. 
if Boston wins the Eastern Conference Finals and even the championship, is this a middle finger to Kyrie? Oh, a little bit. I mean, even if it's not purposely one, Kyrie's going to take it as one. So that's kind of fun, too, in itself. So, yeah, I like it. It's going to be a middle finger. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jade, how about you? Is it a middle finger or just whatever? Yeah, I agree. I, I hadn't thought of it before you just asked it. And I'm not having a great couple weeks. But, like, I genuinely smiled right down to my heart when you asked that question. Because... <laughs> It, yeah, totally, especially because we already know that narrative was while Kyrie was unavailable in Boston, Boston played better. And you take out Kyrie and you insert Kemba Walker, who has always been a phenomenal player, but I don't think people have rated Kemba at the level he deserves to be. And now he's showing like he's a leader of that team. No question. Even he had some he had a couple of rough games um the Raptors were able to effectively shut him down and he still was, I think a big part of why Boston played so well. He is, I think more of a natural leader than Kyrie is. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy that thought quite a bit. He's probably a lot more fun just to be around also to begin with. And I'm always been a fan of cardiac Kemba. One reason, cause he's a baller. And also, he's got a killer nickname with that. It's great. One of my favorite. Question two, Jade. For the Western Conference, let's say, hypothetically, it's the two Los Angeles teams. Who has the most to prove? I still think it's... I got to go with the Lakers along with Vogel from our previous conversation. To give up the amount of talent they gave up to get AD, and then to see Brandon Ingram show out the way he did this season after being traded. Like, you, I, I think you got to prove that that was the right move. Middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to to give up that amount of talent. And he's not even the only guy that had a good season after getting traded to acquire uh, Anthony Davis. So, and it's LeBron. Like, you know, the LeBron effect is is real. And it's big. And he's running out of years to to get another ring, to be that guy that wins a ring with three different teams. Um, I just think because he's he's always had such big interest around him and he's always talked such a big talk. If LeBron doesn't win, um, I think there's going to be more to say about that than if the Clippers don't. Whenever you're on a LeBron team, it's pretty much win or go home. Right. So, Shay, same question. Who's got most to prove in the Western Conference Finals of the hypothetical, more than likely, Lakers-Clippers series? I think it's Clippers. I think Doc Rivers has a lot to prove. Disagreement. Yeah, let's disagree. But, yeah, I, I think Doc Rivers has a lot to prove just because he's been with this team for a while. He traded his own son away you know, to build a better team. I I just feel bad for the guy in some ways because he's been with this same Clippers team and tried out different, like, formulas and still cannot make it far enough in the in the playoffs. So that's why I would say that, along with Kawhi, who it's like, first he's like, he won with the Spurs and then he went to Toronto and he won, won with the Raptors. And then if he goes to the Clippers and he doesn't win, like, who is this guy? Not the playoff winner, obviously. 
So I think there's like a lot of different narratives going on there. While I think a lot of pressure is on the Lakers, the Lakers are also the team that they own Los Angeles. We all know that. I mean, my boyfriend grew up in the area. He said that they used to like offer you Clippers tickets if you spent $50 at the grocery store because no one would go. And that is still kind of their reputation over there. It's they, People don't go to Clippers games the same way people love the Lakers. Like they bleed yellow and purple. So I think the Clippers have a lot more to prove. It's gold. Get it right. Listen, whatever. It's yellow. I've seen their jerseys. It's yellow. It is yellow. <laughs> Speaking of which, though, they have those Kobe-inspired jerseys. Those ones are cool. I like... And they... I don't think they've lost a game wearing them yet. No, which, they again, it would be weird if they did, because it's like... Ah. My buddy, he tried to get it right when they went on sale. Sold out in five seconds. What? One reason, because they were only getting sold for like $130, which is crazy price. But now if you try to get it, they're like borderline $300. Yeah. So, which I was like, that makes sense. But I was like, ooh, that would have been so cool to have a, that Mamba-style jersey with it. They're so cool. And then, Not so, the third, yeah. Third question, who is your finals matchup, Shay? And who you got winning it? I'm going to say Heat Clippers with Heat winning. Let's just, let's throw it out there. Let's do it. Let's put it out in the universe. Let's do it. Put that, mark that down, Hardcourt Honeys listeners. Shay's got that, she's got those Heat, got the underdogs from the entire playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and then Jade, will wrap it up with you. Who is your finals matchup and who do you got winning it all? I'm having our time because I'm I'm waffling on who's coming out of the West. The combination of me just being so uninterested in the games that I'm not really getting much like usable information out of them. <laughs> I I'm gonna say Lakers Heat Finals, and I also have the Heat winning. Wow! So we have Jimmy Butler's first year as the Woo-hoo! team leader, winning it all. I'm on board with the idea of it. I don't have them winning it, but I understand the idea of it because I've come to conclusion, Jimmy Butler, as a player, one of my favorites. As a person, everyone already knows how I feel. So we I don't mean, have to break that down too much. I get that because he's selling like $30 cups of coffee in the bubble. Like I get that they're all wealthy, but like that's a lot of money for a cup of coffee. Well, you work as a barista in new york so you should know that that's actually a fair price okay there are some really ridiculous coffee prices here i will admit that so it's true (laughs) you just disproved your own theory there but 30 dollars like i could buy a whole outfit for 30 dollars give me a couple goodwills and i got you (laughs) oh awesome awesome Today was a blast talking about this new conference finals matchups and a little bit with the actual finals matchup. Also with those coaching and player issues that are about to come around once all these playoffs are done. In the name of Tatum's son's nickname, Deuce!